Why would anybody wear a hat these days? And why did we stop wearing hats to start with? Hello listeners, I'm your host Ziad Matar and I would like to welcome you all to the Wirelessly Yours podcast where I talk about everything tech, business and design. On each episode, I invite some of the brightest minds to join me and discuss cutting-edge technologies, emerging business models and the latest design trends that are transforming our world and shaping the future. Wirelessly Yours. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of the Wirelessly Yours podcast. Today, we're going to have an interesting session and we're going to talk about something that everybody has been asking me about for a while, hats and why hats. But to talk about hats, I have invited to join me a fantastic person. His name is Ludovic Bosson, based in Spain, and he's actually a hat maker. So, Ludovic, welcome on the Wireless Viewers podcast. Hi, Zia. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Ludovic, we always start by talking about background. I tell people what is behind me and, uh, you know, in terms of history and, uh, and, and also what is behind me in terms of uh, physical background. Uh, and we talk about also, you know, the hats that we are wearing. And today I have the pleasure of wearing actually one of your hats. So maybe uh, we start uh, by talking uh, about uh, that, uh, your background and those beautiful hats that you and I are wearing today. Sure. So the, the physical background, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, well, my physical background is, um, is in a, a room in, uh, in a lovely uh, countryside house where I'm staying for the winter in Ibiza. Uh, it's a nice decoration mm -hmm. on the, the wall, like a, a macrame on this side, and we have a, a nice lamp and a, a mirror on the, on the other side. So... I'm uh, staying here uh, with my girlfriend for the whole winter and uh, trying to escape a bit the, the craziness of, uh, of uh, Barcelona and cities in general right now. That's fantastic. And you know, I, I discovered you uh, on Instagram uh, uh, almost a year ago uh, because we did a collaboration with some account that I was following. And then when I came to Barcelona, I was like, I need to meet Ludovic. And then I find that you are in Ibiza. But uh, thanks to technology, we can uh, do the session virtually. And uh, and actually, you know, a lot of people all over the world will hopefully be listening to us. My background is, again, uh, in the wonderful Cloudworks co-working space where I'm operating in Barcelona, very close to your, uh, you know, normal uh, headquarters, uh, which I had the pleasure of visiting yesterday. And again, thanks again for lending me this beautiful hat. So tell us a little bit more about your personal background and how you ended up uh, in the hat business. Um, well, I'm um, I'm originally from France, but I've uh, lived uh, a bit everywhere in the world. Um, and I uh, uh, I started working um, in uh, creative services uh, because I had a, I have a fascination for design. So, so it led me very quickly um, after business school to, to work for design and creative agencies. Um, so I started working for a group that uh, was uh, based in Dubai and I, uh, I developed and worked on um, hundreds of projects for different brands from uh, perfume to uh, spirit brands to uh, watches and jewelry. Um, and I started this in Dubai uh, for three years uh, I opened an office for this agency in uh, in Beirut, and uh, and then I went to to New York, where I continued a few years working for this agency, and then at some point uh, uh, opened my own uh, with with a partner there, 
and I kept and I've kept working on uh, in creative services uh, for a while with a very strong um, specialization in uh, in retail experience. So basically, we help brands trying to create the most memorable and uh, interesting experience to their customers on the point of sale. Amazing. And um, since um, actually two years ago, I um, I kind of did a little break, and with my uh, my girlfriend, we uh, traveled uh, in three different countries in Africa to develop well-being programs uh, inspired from uh, the practice of yoga and meditation to different vulnerable communities. And after that, uh, we settled in Barcelona a year ago, where I've uh, opened another agency with another partner based in Paris. Uh, the agency is called Second Avenue. And, um, and in parallel, I um, decided that I wanted to, to really um, get into something that would involve the working with my hands and also using my creativity. So hats has been a, a product I've uh, uh, been fascinated for a while. And I've uh, done my first hat by making uh, costumes actually for, for parties. And, um, and after, after discovering uh, the world of hat making, I, uh, I decided to, to dive into it. So um, I've spent the last year and a half exploring, learning, and, uh, and uh, making hats. And I enjoy it a lot. Fantastic. And uh, we'll talk about the hats we're wearing uh, maybe later in the show. And, but my question, and this is always the, you know, the first section in, in, in every episode is what we call the elephant in the zoom. And, and really, you know, with this huge uh, industrialization happening everywhere and uh, ability to get things uh, all over the world and very cheap, is there still space for uh, you know this handicraft kind of uh, high-end uh, movement where somebody makes a hat? Is that something that uh, that you do as purely a, a hobby or a passion, or is it actually turning into a business for you? Um, well, first to to answer to your first question, I think more than ever there is space for uh, for those kind of products. When I say those kind, I mean uh, I mean handmade, um, custom-made, uh, long-lasting, high-quality products. Uh, the reason is uh, because I believe um, people are more than ever looking for purpose behind everything they buy and how they how they spend their money. So there is for a lot of people, much more purpose behind uh, a product that's been handmade, a product that's been uh, carefully created, uh, that's been uh, done with time, with passion, instead of being uh, one among the millions in a, in a factory in China. That's, that's great to know. And, and for you, then, the second part of the question, do you see it as a... Uh, as a business or as purely a creative outlet or, or a passion? Um, I would say I would say a bit somewhere in the middle. Um, I let's let's put it this way. I uh, so, so far I'm um, I want to learn and I want to play and I want to I want to really have fun. So so I haven't put myself any. Uh, 
any strict business objective in uh, in my hat making activity. It's purely about um, about learning new techniques, about creating hats that make me happy, about uh, collaborating with with brands and having a lot of fun. Uh, because because that's the reason why I started this. Uh, it wasn't to to make money out of it. However, I I really stay um, I really stay open because I I hope that I can uh, in the future uh, combine the two and uh, keep that playfulness, keep that creativity, keep that uh, uh, keep learning all the time. But but perhaps at the st at the same time become a sustainable business. And uh, you know this playfulness, this uh, creativity. You get to. You, it's a, it's also a bit of a two-way game, I guess, because you don't just make a hat and say I have this to sell. I mean, maybe this is part of what you do, but a, a part, uh, a very important part, is the you know the bespoke, the one-to-one custom-made hats. So, tell us a little bit about how that dynamic works and and maybe the the one of the most fun projects that you had that you want to talk about. Uh, yeah. Um, look, it's um, uh, you know so far I don't have any stocks, so um, I don't work like a typical brand who um, creates every year or twice a year a collection and then promotes the collection, produce a lot of stock and try to sell up their their stock. I don't have any retailers. I I I, I have a I have two ways of doing it. Either there's a few of my pieces that. I take the initiative of doing, and because I like them, usually I'm the first one who wears it. But then what I do is I take pictures of this hat and I and I I publish it, and I let my um, uh, my audience know that uh, this hat I can make the same hat for them at their size. Mm -hmm. But the the second one, second aspect or the second way of doing, which is also maybe the the most creative and interesting one, is the bespoke. And bespoke is uh, I basically have clients that come to me saying they want a hat that is unique to them. So we work together a bit like you would uh, get a personalized uh, pair of uh, leather shoes uh, or a personalized suit or um, anything uh, in that type, personalized uh, glasses as well. So we will, we will basically design and we will co-create the, the piece together. So usually people come to me because they they like if they ask me a hat it's because they like my style. So so we look at we look at the the, the other hats I did. We look at what they like in them. We look at maybe some things they have in their life that's important, uh, symbols, colors. Um, maybe maybe even sometimes I can I can add a piece of uh, of their belonging like a piece of fabric and a, a silk scarf that they used to wear or that that belonged to to someone of their family uh, a piece of jewelry and uh, basically I combine and I and I work all those elements and then I, I make design proposition and I, and I as I work I basically share the the creative process with uh, with the person who ordered the hat and then um, and and then basically I finish and uh, and I send it that's nice. And um, so on, the, on these projects, like, uh, was there a particular, I'm sure you love them all and, uh, and uh, also they are very loved by their owners, but was there a particular, uh, you know, bespoke hat uh, story that we can, you know, share with the audience? Yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I actually had um, a, a friend of mine in, um, 
in New York who uh, I think, uh, yeah, he reached out to me because he wanted to do a gift for his, uh, his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. so, um, so it was beautiful because um, even though I was not the one offering the gift, I felt I was kind of part of part of it because I was uh, I was you know creating it. So um, so my friend uh, shared with me a lot of uh, the things that his girlfriend like or love or um, uh, things she's sensitive to um, and symbols that uh, that means something to her and uh, and based on all of this and I actually didn't know her but based on all of this. And his feedback, we uh, we managed to create a hat together that uh, that then she got to to wear. So uh, I think the day I saw pictures of her wearing the hat for me it was it was very uh, very touching to to meet her for the first time finally and to actually see her wearing the the hats we did together. Uh, that's uh, that's an amazing story because indeed it is bespoke but with a third person. So uh, exactly. It's Definitely channels two visions into a third vision, and then you get this uh, nice reality. But uh, so, why would anybody wear a hat? That's my other question to you. Like, you know, functionally speaking, and I, I hundred percent agree with the elegance uh, of hats. And uh, maybe I told you, I I, I stumbled into the hat uh, wearing. Uh, uh, world by by coincidence, it was a, a child of the lockdown when I tried to cut my own hair, and then I realized I had a lot of hats, uh, which I was buying because either they were souvenirs, uh, or they were uh, you know for a beach or something like this. That was my only uh, you know avenue for wearing a hat. Uh, but I hundred percent you know uh, adopted nowadays. Uh, and, and I have my own reasons as well, which we can talk about later. But from your perspective, you know, why would anybody wear a hat these days? And why did we stop wearing hats to start with? Good question. Why did we stop? I don't, uh, I don't really know. I think it was, uh, it was cultural, but it was also, um, it was also practical. I think it was, uh, it was for the rain and for the cold. Um, so people were wearing hats when they were getting out. We, people didn't have uh, beanies or caps. So basically the only option when you wanted to be warm was, uh, was wearing a hat. Um, but why, I mean, why, yeah, why we don't wear it today? It's, um, you know, I think it's mostly trends, um, maybe also because we have other alternatives. Um, but personally, I, I don't wear hats a lot for their function. I, I wear hats as a, as a fashion accessory, like, uh, like I would wear a necklace or a bracelet. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's something that I think, uh, finishes the, the entire look and, uh, and yes, it does have some functional aspect. I, uh, I'm very sensitive to heat and I'm very happy to have, a a nice straw hat when it's super hot. Uh, so yeah, it's a bit of both, maybe. And uh, do you see it uh, also uh, becoming a, a lot more an element of branding? I mean, I can tell you that the first few times I wore a hat, not on the Zoom, uh, but uh, not on a, on a screen, but in real life, I felt a bit too self-aware. I was like, well, uh, you know, is this, uh, am I too, uh, am I calling for too much attention or something? Eventually, it, I found that you, you forget this within a few seconds and it has a lot of functionality uh, 
for sure. Uh, what would what would be your recommendation for people who wants to wear hats in in that respect? Like, how should they approach that? Yeah, I mean, there's no really rules. Um, it's really how you feel, but. Uh, first, first, I would say just get get a hat that uh, that fits you. And um, unfortunately, it's not to promote uh, uh, what I mean custom hats, but unfortunately, the um, retail ready-made hats are are usually done as a, a standard size or standard proportion, and it doesn't fit uh, all the heads. So, um, so that's why usually people, some people say, oh. Uh, hats don't fit me. It's not that that hats don't fit them. It's just that the ready-made hats available on the market are not uh, fitted to their head shape. So, um, so yeah, I would recommend if you think you don't uh, hat doesn't fit you to uh, to actually ask um, uh, a hat maker to make you a custom hat. That would be the first thing. Um, the second one is. Um, is you know maybe to start wearing it. Um, I mean, of course, outside. I think it's less. Um, you you will maybe bring less attention to being like in the street or or somewhere else. Um, and um, and yeah, slowly, slowly, it gets into your life. You know, if it's if it's a hat you love, uh, you'll start wearing it, and uh, and maybe like uh, like you, Ziad, you you won't be able to. Uh, to do a podcast without it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hey, what's the etiquette there? Like, uh, should you wear a hat indoor or is it only uh, appropriate outdoor, uh, for instance? Look, I don't like I don't like to have rules. Uh, in the past, there was traditionally there was a lot of rules about hats. Um, I prefer not to have rules at all. Personally, I I don't feel comfortable. Uh, wearing hats sometimes inside, but when I feel um, when I feel if it's a small room or there's a, there's uh, yeah the, the place is a little cluttered, but yeah. uh, but it, it happens to me to wear it inside sometimes. Yeah. And uh, in general, uh, is is art like more ties uh, and sh and shirts that you 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 swap them? regularly uh, during the week or is it more like a watch that you might wear you know for a certain period of time and then change yeah um look i'm i try to match a lot the the colors so um so you know i have uh, i have the chance to have a lot of hats and uh, that are that are i mean you saw them in my workshop that are attached on the wall so basically based on on the colors i'm wearing and i'll try to choose a to choose the, the hat that fits the best with it. Okay, so it is uh, almost a daily uh, thing, yeah. if not more. Yeah, kind that's of. nice, that's nice. And, uh, you know, like I said, in this period, uh, you know, which I'm, you know, we refer to as business unusual nowadays, and we're, you know, mostly online, but half-half as well. Uh, I found it very important, uh, you know, to, to differentiate by wearing a, a nice hat, to bring something new to this, uh, you know this, uh, uh, you know vision that everybody is seeing nowadays, which is through a you know, this screen, and uh, and we we can't uh, anymore uh, show uh, maybe the rest of our outfit. There is a lot of talk about the tie itself being dead. Uh, not many people are uh, are wearing them, and that was starting to happen a little bit maybe before even the the the, the advance that we've seen in, in digital uh, conferencing. 
but uh, but then there is you know everything below that screen is is you know is trending towards sweatpants nowadays uh, and stuff like that. So we will come out of this, right? And so sartorial elegance, I hope, will come back and we will you know start again looking after you know uh, what we're wearing even outside of the frame. Uh, how do you see the future for? For, for the hat making uh, passion from your side? Is it going to embrace a little bit the digital world? Does the digital help you in, in reaching maybe a larger audience? Are you able to take measurements online maybe and deliver that product? Or uh, do you feel it requires still a lot more of this uh, you know physical uh, being there and seeing what works on which shape of head, etc.? When I started, I and I started promoting a bit of the the work I did. I thought uh, it would be very um, difficult to uh, to actually uh, get orders uh, from people that are are not based in the same city as me. But uh, funny enough, uh, I think um, almost all the hats that I did, all the orders I got were from people that were outside of Barcelona. So I. So I basically, um, I yeah, I basically wasn't able to to see if it had the person in front of me or to take the measurements myself. Uh, but it it always worked out uh, very well. So um, I I basically put together a set of techniques um, that uh, where I give instruction to how to measure your head size, and then I have a system also to to adjust slightly the size in case when the hat is received, there's a little difference. And uh, yeah, all of this made me very confident in the ability to uh, to continue doing this online. So um, I miss uh, meeting people. Uh, I would love to receive more people in my studio and uh, and to, to show them the hats, to show them the materials I work with. Um, but if it's not possible, I don't think it will be a, it will be an obstacle. Very good. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit later about online and uh, digital and physical. But uh, to continue on on this direction, uh, I have two more questions, or, or maybe there are three. But uh, one of them is, uh, other than hats, would you start doing other kind of accessories? Uh, in the same way, you know, that are maybe related, I don't know, bracelets, scarves you mentioned, or something like this, or would you like to stay into the hat uh, direction? I don't I don't exclude doing something else at one point, uh, because, um, because yeah, what I like is to, to create stuff, so uh, so why not? But, uh, but right now I feel I'm, I have already so much uh, to explore in the hat making that uh, that I'm not going to leave hat making for a while. <laughs> That's nice. Perfect, perfect. So tell, tell us a little bit about the story of the two hats that we are wearing, uh, yours and mine. Uh, right now. Yeah, um, they actually have very cool stories. Um, the, the one I'm wearing here is, uh, is actually one of the first hats uh, I've done. Okay. I uh, I participated to um, to a workshop at the London College of Fashion a year and a half ago with uh, with a fantastic uh, teacher and um, and we basically uh, we basically learned uh, some uh, some techniques uh, 
on how to um, how to make hats. So it was a mix of theoretical, but very it, it was like more of a, a practical course. So um, so we basically started immediately, and we and we made a few hats during uh, during the 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 few weeks workshop. And um, and yeah, that's the that's the first one. Uh, that's one of the first one that I did. And uh, so it's a hat that I'm super super proud of and super happy because it's um yeah it has a sentimental value for me and um and yeah it means uh it reminds me every time of uh also uh all the all the work all the hats that i've done i've done in the meantime so um so i love it and uh yeah. go ahead yeah no i was going to to talk about uh, about yours, but uh, did you want it to ask something? No, I wanted to ask just uh, like, what uh, is this style of hat? Uh, does it have a certain name, like in terms of the official kind of uh, hat making yeah. lexicon? Yeah, let's say it's it's inspired from. Uh, it's maybe a, a mix between. If we really would like to put a name on it, it would be a mix between a fedora and a cowboy, cowboy hat. Okay. So it's a hard um, but but very honestly, I also try not to use those words because uh, they put they put things into into boxes. Into boxes. And uh, and I don't I don't like boxes so much. So so uh, yeah, I I basically like to have like a, like tall uh, crown. This is what we call the crown of the the hat. I like to have like tall crowns, very flat brims. Um, Quite quite large brims, but I, I play also with the size, and then I have pinched uh, pinched crowns. So pinched means that I, I basically um, uh, shape and I, I create a little pinch in the front. But then there's little subtleties, you know. It, it can change from a hat to another. I do it larger, smaller, and I sometimes do um, also different shape than a pinched. Um, but I, I do those by hand with um, uh, using. Um, steam and and hands and a few tools so um it's like uh, sculpting uh, or modeling so but it's by hand so it it's uh, perfectly imperfect and it doesn't uh, have the same feel as if it comes out of uh, of a machine and uh, the, the other than the official name of the hat do you call the hats do they have like a, a like a pet name or an actual uh, you know model name for you ah yes yeah, they all um, they all get um, all the, the the pieces that that I create that I take the initiative of creating. So not the the ones that are uh, excluding the the custom made piece I do for for orders. But yeah, all the pieces I take the initiative of creating, I name uh, I name them, and uh, yeah, I just you know actually this this one because it was one of the first one I called it number one. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, you have on your head is called uh, Pacific Crush. Pacific Crush. Uh, yeah, there's um, there's no real uh, rational behind it. It's sometimes just uh, what they inspired me, or maybe where they inspired me, um, or how do I how do I feel calling them once I just have them finished in my hand? So uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's pure. I'm, I'm having fun with names basically. Amazing. Let's talk about Pacific Crush then. I, I love it. It, it does yeah. uh, feel Pacific uh, for me as well. Uh, so Look, what was the story behind it? Yeah, Pacific Crush was actually uh, another hat before. It was just a plain white 
plain white hat, very clean, very beautiful. And um, and there's one one thing I wanted to to or I like to, to play with is paint. So um, so you know it's a bit scary because you know um, actually the the body of the hat that you're the the the, the the raw material of the hat is is quite a pricey uh, material. So, you know, so when you make a hat, you like to you want to make sure that you're not um, you're not destroying it and it's not going to finish in the in the bin. But uh, but for this one, I said um, I said okay, I want to I want to start doing something with paint, and I had no idea of what I was going to do. So it's not like I did a sketch or I I just like I I basically said I want to. I want to do something abstract and I want to see how this paint is going to look like. So I started mixing and, and putting it onto the hat and doing things. It, it went through like stages of evolution and it looked like completely different before I sanded it. I, I, I basically applied a lot of different techniques layered after layered to, to one day getting this. And I was super happy about it. So I said, I'm, I'm not touching it anymore. I'm, I'm leaving it this way. <laughs> Very good. I love it. I'm going to just bring it for a little bit and then later on maybe we'll get your professional pictures of these two to go with the with the podcast when, when we publish it so that people have an idea what we've been talking about. But that has been fantastic, uh, Ludovic, and thanks uh, again for talking about all of these things. Dear listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe to Wireless Yours on your favorite podcast app. We are available on all popular platforms including Anrami, Apple and Spotify. Your opinion matters to us, so leave us a review with your feedback and stay tuned for more. Wireless the yours.